Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Today here at Xfinity Playoff Media Day, where I am joined by Elliot Sadler, who, is, of course, is uh, not just racing for the Xfinity Championship this year, but also in the final season of his NASCAR career. So thanks for being here. Oh, man, appreciate you having me. So I want to talk a little bit about your career and kind of reflect back on it a little bit. I'm not sure if people realize that this is your second stint in the Xfinity Series. So in 1997 and 98, I was looking up the stats today, Elliot, five victories in your first two full seasons with Gary Bechtel's team mm-hmm. at the time. What opportunities did you have? Did you sort of have your pick of cup teams of where you no. wanted to go to? I bet it was different than it would have been now. It, it, it's way different. Um, yeah. I remember racing the late models, and we would go race the late models where the Bush cars were at the time. Right. And we'd go try to run good, and we won a couple races. And we remember telling the owners, going, look, look how good we're doing. And they're like, what can you do in a Bush car? What are you going to do in a Bush car? That, right. that's, that's what we want to see. So I sold everything I had. And kind of had to go invest in myself to buy a bush car. So I had like one car, one motor. I had some help from my brother, like some shocks and springs and stuff because he had a team at the time. And we would go do one-off short track bush races. And that's where I got seen at by Gary Bechtel. Uh, Really, the the race is Hickory Motor Speedway in 1996. I qualified for the race. His car did not. He had to take the sponsor off his car and put it on mine. And we kind of started from there. But it took me kind of being at the track to be with Gary Bechtel to get in that position uh, to kind of get my, my, my name out. And then when it got in, as far as making it to the Cup Series, you know, I, had a, I got a call from the Wood Brothers, Eddie Wood, about halfway during the 1998 season to meet him at a Bennigan's restaurant in Michigan <laughs> for the Michigan race and to meet with he and Lynn and talk about um, maybe a possibility of driving for the Wood Brothers, which I didn't believe him at first when he called. I thought it was a buddy <laughs> of mine playing a joke on me, but I had a meet with them and kind of the rest is history. What would have happened if you would have won five times in the Xfinity Series now versus 20 years ago? Do you think there would have been way more possibilities or opportunities for somebody like you now? Could, could have been. Yeah, could be. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I mean, it's... But things are so different now. I mean, I, t- I tell my brother and I laugh about this all the time. Man, I got screwed in the <laughs> Xfinity deal. When I came along, I was the only young guy, the right, only one. Right. It was Randy LaJoy, Mike McLaughlin, Todd Bodine, right. you know, Jim Bound, Chuck Bound, Curtis Malcolm, my brother, is Elton Sawyer, all these older guys. Now I come back from my second stint, they're all young guys. <laughs> I don't have anybody to hang out with, Nate. And, uh, 
So, it, you know, things are definitely a little differently, and, it, and it's all about winning. I was able to win some races at Gary Bechtel, and, um, you know, that definitely opened the doors for me to make it into a cup ride. So you go to Wood Brothers Racing, Elliot, and as you mentioned, I mean, things were a lot different then, too. Four seasons there, a very different number 21 car. At the time, they were based in tiny Stewart, Stewart Virginia. Virginia. That's right. They had no alliance. They had no engineers yep. at all, and you finished you know, 20th to 30th in points each year. You, you had the big win at Bristol. When you think back on those years, like what are your biggest takeaways? Best thing for me that has ever happened to me. Really? And I'll tell you that, and I, um, I said this to a team owner the other day who's having an issue with one of his drivers. I'm going to tell you the best lesson I've learned in NASCAR since I've been a part of it. So the Wood Brothers hired me, and they called me in. This is like January. We're going to start 1999 season. We go up for a, a supper at the Wood Brothers shop, and Eddie Wood brings me to the back of the shop. And there is all the employees with their wives and their kids, so everybody that it affects. And here I am, a 23-year-old know-it-all, right, a kid. And he pulls me in front of everybody, and he says, your decisions you make on and off the racetrack dictate how these families are fed affects all these families just want you to know that i'm not trying to scare you we're here to support you and that's the way he used it that hey we're here to support you in those things but look at it like this also if you go out and make these decisions and do things you're not supposed to do you're affecting all these people not just yourself and honestly was the best eye-opening experience i had now yes we were a smaller team we didn't have engineering i think we had 21 full-time employees you know hendrick had 300 uh, but when pat trison came on board and and we were learning a lot and we were able to win a race and had some momentum going there uh, we were part of the all-star race in 2001 and 2002 as well so we did have some great moments and great time but i would not substitute that experience for anything so you're a 23 year old kid driving for that team in 99 and you see that and gives you a perspective you see 20 families not right. just 20 team members and like this is what i've got on my shoulders that's exactly right and it was a very good eye-opening experience and it just i <laughs> I grew up in, in in a I grew up in a household where my dad owned businesses and people worked for him and we understood about support keeping the business going because it supported families. But when it was all on me, it wasn't on my dad's shoulders. This was right. on Elliot's shoulders as a 23 year old kid. Really uh, opened my eyes on the way to treat people in the sport. Not only fans, media, sponsors track promoters i mean everything that came with it but that was uh, a great experience for me i'll so, never forget it so you think younger drivers into the you said you were talking about this referencing it with the team owner are they missing that perspective a little bit 100 percent. everybody's right. just on dad's money right now they don't really care <laughs> and that was one of the conversations i had when i'm going look this yeah. is the way it was presented to me maybe you need to present it to him in in this manner because obviously he's not getting it the way he's he's being perceived to him now so i was just trying to help just going to look maybe look at it like this because me and this guy have been friends forever and uh i think sometimes these these kids come in on a red carpet don't really understand the sacrifices and stuff that other people have made for them to get there and i don't think they understand when they make the decisions they make how many people it honestly affects and that was another thing that was different when you were a younger driver 20 years ago i mean you weren't bringing sponsorship no right? money no we were bringing no money at all it was yeah. up to the sponsor to okay you and the team and all of it and you had to go sit in front of a sponsor and and be interviewed and all and all the things that go with it which 
Nate has been great experiences, you know, was a great experience for me. Yeah, well, I mean, you were good at it. I, here's a quote from 2002 from Eddie Wood. He said, this was after you had signed with Robert Yates Racing, your final season with the Wood Brothers. Eddie Wood said, you were a sponsor's dream. You can take Elliot anywhere before any group of people. Wall Street type group, a local beer joint. Elliot does all of that. Did that always just come natural to you? Yeah, I don't know why. Because in high school, man, I was the shyest kid. And then I start getting really good in sports and really developed and was almost a freak on this, whether I was playing basketball or baseball. I played six sports in high school. But, but those two sports, I really started to gain confidence in myself. When I was an eighth and ninth grader, public speaking, anything like that, I was not going to get, I mean, I was, I wouldn't even dress up for Halloween. I was so shy. I was just embarrassed and shy. And my kids are the same freaking way right now. <laughs> uh, but as I start becoming so confident on the court, it kind of, I start being more comfortable in my skin. And I knew being a team captain and a leader and meeting with all these colleges and stuff, I knew I kind of had to open up a little bit. So it's the and same it, way with sponsors. Then. It's the same way with sponsors. You know how you hear advice, uh, it, Dale Jarrett always told me some great advice. It, it is what you make it. Mm-hmm. If if you're here today, we're doing media day. If you don't, if you look at this as a problem or an issue, or I can't can't believe I'm here. That's the way it's going to come come across. But if you're here because you got to do it anyway, and you want to have fun with it and enjoy it, well then have fun with it and enjoy it. And it's so it, everything honestly is what you make it. And I just I think that always rang in my head when we went to do sponsor stuff and all that it is what you make it so that's kind of the way i look at it well the way you made it for the mars family they obviously thought you were the right driver for their car at robert yates racing you go there in 2003 2004 you win twice right and 2005 you got off to a great start and then after say around the midpoint of that season i know it just wasn't the same what are your takeaways for those four seasons i'll tell you a cool story with m&ms no they came to charlotte may race in 2002 to meet me victoria mars we were talking and it was pouring down rain. So I'm like, look, they came to the bus. I said, come on up in the bus. They're like, no. I was like, yeah, we come up in the bus. They're like, we've never been invited to anybody's bus before. I said, let me tell you something. We have an open door policy, which I've always had in my entire career. Most drivers do not do this. I have an open door policy in my bus. If you're a sponsor, part of our team or whatever, you don't even knock, you come up in the bus. We have, you know, you are welcome. You're a part of the family. And I honestly think when we had that meeting, we sat, it was raining all day, everything was canceled. We sat around the bus and drank beers for a couple hours <laughs> and told stories, and they had never been invited onto a bus from that, you know, that point, um, created a wonderful relationship. And then we went to Robert Yates, and, and we ran good, and we had some crew chief stuff at the time. They were switching crew chiefs around. And, you know, we had Todd and Mike, then we left, and they had Sean and Raymond, and then and, and Todd and them came back, and... And in 2005, man, we had it going on, and I got wrecked at New Hampshire by Mark Martin, and it was not his fault. Somebody wrecked in front, and we tore up one of our best cars. And then at Indy, a couple weeks later, uh, we had a flat tire running fifth. And those two races put us right outside the chase. And I'll never forget it, just like, man. And then they had a lot of turnover. Dale Jarrett was leaving, going to Michael Walter Racing at the time. We had a lot of stuff happening at Yates at the time. And uh, Yates, you know, one of the worst meetings I've ever had in my life, one of the toughest meetings. Uh, Robert Yates pulled me into his office and said that, um, you know, he was going to have to sell his team to Jack Roush. That, you know, we'd lost a UPS sponsorship and, and Dale was leaving, and which was a great opportunity for him. 
but it, we were just going to probably maybe be a single-car team, and that was at the time when everybody else was actually trying to get to a four-car team as fast as they could because right. of the NASCAR rules. And um, he just said, look, I'm going to probably have to sell my team, so if you maybe want to do something different, you might might have to start looking. And that was in that 2006, right in the middle of 2006, when kind of all that started happening. Yeah, two so years after time. Two years after you win at Texas and Fontana, we have all like that going gonna, on. You're going to be a championship contender for years to come. I know. And then I think when uh, some of the crew chief stuff starts switching around, and some of the sponsorship, we lost some of the sponsorship and stuff like that. It just kind of made a turn, and and it was it was hard for us to recover. And it was tough. I loved Robert Yates. He was a good man. Doug Yates is one of the best people in our garage. But I still remember that. Uh, I still remember that day like it was yesterday, having that meeting at his at his shop. If things break differently, do you ever think back? Oh man, like all the time. It's yeah. you know, it's two or three things in my career, and I don't regret them because it, it is what it is. But it's two or three things in my career that I went, if that would have went this way instead of that way, yeah, you know, I'd be in a little bit different position right now. What are they? Well, that meeting with Robert Yates. Yeah. The meeting with George Gillette. Uh, and that whole circus, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to get to that. Yeah. Was was uh, really hard to swallow, and there's a lot of things that you know I want to say, but I'm going to refrain from about that whole situation that we were involved with, with the whole Gillette man and his whole family and everything that came along. It you know got the best of me and Casey and Paul and all of us that were over there at the time. You know they they were tough times in the sport, and honestly, that time in the sport was I really felt like I was standing on the edge of a cliff. And I was just waiting for somebody to push me off of it. I really just felt like it was, how could this sport be have turned this bad this quick? You know, we were not going to go to the racetrack. You know, they were they were blocking our trucks from leaving because we won't pay on our bills and all these things. Right. We would wait the third Wednesday or Thursday every week, wondering if we were even going to go to the track that weekend or not. We weren't making travel plans or anything. It was. I remember my, which is my na- my wife now, Amanda, sitting at home every night wondering. I mean, what's going to happen this week? Yeah. I'm running. Show, I'm taking. They're taking show cars out of the showroom, and that's when I'm racing. And that was a tough time. And then, you know, along came Kevin and Delana Harvick, and honestly, gave me a second chance at life, a second chance at racing. Uh, a shot at their truck that I won Pocono with, sat on the pole and won Pocono, and that was the deciding race. I think that was the deciding factor race for me to get another chance in in uh, in racing because nobody would. T- Nobody would call or talk to me until I won that race, and then things changed. Right. That was uh, in the summer of 2010, and yep. a few months later, you announced you were going to, to Kevin Harvick Incorporated, going back to the Xfinity Series. I actually found uh, a quote from the press conference, Elliot, in November 2010 when you guys announced that, and there was a story that you had um, you'd gotten everything done, you'd signed the deal, and then you went to P.F. Chang's the night before and you got a fortune cookie that said you were about to embark on a most delightful journey how about that i know and it has been a delightful it, it, journey it, isn't it that crazy it worked out that way it I mean, worked we out great eight years eight years later it, it worked i out. know and it's and look so when i was making that decision i had a chance to run a starting park cup car or go back to the xfinity series uh with with khi and i talked to dale dale jared a lot dale and our buddies and he, he had the same thing happen to him remember he had the freelander car they had the mess he had to kind of go back run his own car then he came back to the wood brothers so we sat down and talked about him and what do i do what do i do is this a step back is this career ending because i want to get back to the cup series i want to you know this is i don't want to stay down here long and man what do i do and and he and after we had so many discussions decided to go do 
the cage ideal and, and have a shot at winning a championship and running up front. And holy cow, was, was that the best decision I could make? It's really turned into the second act of your career. I mean, you ran 12 seasons in Cup from 1999 to 2010, 4 and 27 starts. But really, I think, Elliot, you had those victories in Cup, but I think you'll be remembered probably as much or more 100%. so. 100%. I, I, I agree. I, I agree, uh, Nate, especially here because it's so, so recently to be as competitive as we have been and run up front a lot. And of course, we don't have as many wins here lately as we want to have, but we seem to always be in the championship mix, yeah. which is a lot of fun for me. And, you know, I, I like being competitive. And, um, you know, that all started back in 2011 with the Har- Harvick and then going to Childress and, and uh, it's it's been a fun ride. That you've run eight seasons here. If I would have told you that back in November 2010 when you're announcing you're going to KHI, would that have sounded enticing at that time? I mean, because you probably wanted no, to get but, the Cup No, um, but I had the chance to come back to Cup, and it got taken away from me. And, uh, I mean, another one of the marks in my career that hurt. It's funny how you remember it had things happen like they were yesterday. So the beginning of the 2012 season, I get a call from Mark Martin to drive the 55 Aaron's car on the races that he's not driving, and which was a huge, a great race car. Rodney Childress was the crew chief. MWR was thriving at the time, and they wanted me to do it. So I asked Richard Childress. Richard Childress says, yes, no problem. We signed the contract, did, did all the deal, made the announcement the Saturday of the Phoenix race that I won. We announced it that morning that I'll be driving from MWR. Huge opportunity. This was my break to get back into cup racing. We won the race at Phoenix. Won the race in the two car for Richard Childress Racing. Richard Childress comes to me in victory lane and says, you've got to come to my bus. we got to talk. And when I went to his bus, you can't drive that car. But you've already told me I could. I've signed a contract. You can't. When you drive that car, I'm, i got to kick you out of this one. Because he was Chevrolet and they were Toyota? Yeah, but it didn't okay. bother him a couple months before. before. <laughs> but I think because Mark was running so good, I think Mark had sat on the pole with that car, and then mm-hmm. we go out and win the race, and we're leading the points and all of that. I knew then when I was flying home that my chance right there, uh, when, they didn't, when he didn't let me drive the 55 car, that that was my Probably my opportunity of getting back in the Cup Series was gone. Brian Vickers gets in the car, wins at New Hampshire, runs great, good for Brian. And I was just was thinking that w- that was my opportunity. That was the shot. That was it. Because they don't happen every day, especially not with a good team. So I knew then I was in trouble. And you eventually just sort of like learned that it's not going to happen again. It's not going to happen. Happier. I'm getting to the age now where, you know, people want to invest in younger guys coming in. And I get it. And and then it got to the point where when I made it to junior motorsports, this is freaking fun. <laughs> I don't want to go back over there. They're way too stressed over there. They all hate each other. <laughs> you know, it's so it's so hard anyway. Yeah, and you yeah, know this. Yeah. You've been around it so. You're such a smart guy with this. It's so hard anyway. But but the Xfinity side is hard. But I got such a great race team. Man, this is freaking fun, man. And I'm home on Sundays. I'm home on Saturday night and hang out on Sundays with my family. Man, you, you can't beat this. So I, I'm in a great situation and a great position. And it was getting to the point where I've done about all I probably can do in racing other than winning a championship. And I mean, I don't think my environment could ever get any better than it is now. I'm with a really good team. So let, let's, uh, let's end it on a high note. 
and then I can start my next chapter. What is the next chapter? I know that family is a big part of it. You've talked about that, that you don't want to miss the, the baseball games That's and, right. and everything anymore. But it's astounding to me, Elliot, that, I mean, again, you're so good with sponsors. I know you've done TV in the past. You're such a great ambassador for NASCAR. Is there no chance for, for you? Of I, I, uh, if I have told Kelly and Dale Jr. if they needed me to come back and run a couple races to fill a schedule. So that means if they have four guys splitting the race schedule next year and they need th- I have a sponsor that will come do four or five races with me as the driver then I'll do that for them to fill a schedule but I have no ambition at all to come do full time I have no ambition at all to come do radio because if I'm going to miss time from home I want to have my butt in the seat right yeah. I don't want to come yeah. back and do this we look NASCAR has enough guys on radio and TV to, to call the race and do stuff. I did that. I did Speed Channel for 10 years with Trackside. Yeah. I did all that. It was great. It was fun. I don't want to miss that time just doing that. I've had that offer. I've already had people call me that wants me to come do that, and I just don't want to do that. I am I'm very busy and, and very involved with the next chapter of my life already. Uh, from the Travel Ball organization we have started, we have 240 kids there, and we're working on scholarships to try to get kids off the streets and give them opportunity to come in and teach them health and nutrition and baseball and softball and gymnastics and basketball and some type of outlet other than just standing on the street corner. I have a lot of passion in that as a coach, and, and that's what I want to do. All right. Well, I can respect that. Your insight, your presence will be very much missed. Watching you evolve and mature into the career you've had, you well, deserve I appreciate a lot of credit that. for being appreciate that. Now I can sit at home and, and watch you guys going, <laughs> what are y'all talking about? <laughs> I and critique what you now, guys are now doing. Now you can just critique us instead. That's right. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, man, I really appreciate you being here. The NASCAR NBC podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, If you uh, can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, it really helps us out. And any feedback you can send to me on Twitter at NateRyan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.